0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another edition of the Locked On Blues Podcast. Part of the Locked On Live Network, and your number one source for daily blues content. I'm Thomas Welch, and Josh is moving back to school. Uh, So he asked me to run a solo episode for today, so I'm going to give it a whirl, give it my best shot. Uh, But we're going to be previewing tonight's 7 o'clock matchup against the Los Angeles Kings. So without further ado, let's get into it. I think obviously as a back-to-back coming up, we will see Vili Huso start at some point, whether it's the first game, whether it's the second game, not quite sure yet, but this is a team that the Blues should be able to handle fairly easily on paper. Uh, We talked about this this roster being stacked left and right, having all the talent in the world, all the capability, but they haven't played up to their potential yet. I feel like the Los Angeles Kings are kind of the opposite. Um, They've been playing great hockey lately. Uh, I think they started their first two games off against the Minnesota Wild, lost both of those in overtime, so still gained a point, and then they played the Colorado Avalanche and lost 3-2. So obviously going up against the Avalanche, that's no easy feat. We saw that firsthand getting blown out 8-0. But I think they've been playing great hockey right now, cu has been really good for them. I believe he's got three goals on the year. Kopitar has four assists. Carter has four points. So it's it's not like these guys are incapable of playing good hockey. I think they're hot. They're a hot team right now. It's playing. A lot better hockey than some teams, and I mean, you can make the argument that they're playing better hockey than the Blues right now because they're they're rolling out three lines every night. Their fourth line is terrible. Don't get me wrong. So that could be it. That could be an area of weakness to exploit, right? But they've got a guy in Gabe Velarde who they have a lot of stock in. I believe he was drafted first first round, eleventh pick overall in 2017. Um, so they, so they want to see what they have there. They want to get these young guys, give them a chance. So you're looking at Kem Kopitar in a follow up top with. Athanasiu, Lazat, and Carter on the second line. Anderson, Velarde, and Brown on the third. So in terms of depth, I feel like a a lot of those lines could potentially be a problem for the Blues. If they show up and play the same same game that they've been playing these last couple of games, uh, this Kings team could definitely catch them off guard. and Like I said earlier, on paper, the Blues should beat this team nine times out of ten. They got more talent. It's just a matter of figuring everything out and putting it all together, uh, getting everybody on the same page, everyone giving maximum effort. And I think we heard Craig Berube talk about that in his, in his post-game conference. It was like a lot of guys he thought aren't playing their best hockey, um, not giving it their all on the back check, not giving 100% effort. Uh, so I think that's going to be, I, I think Joey Vitale talked about this on 101, but I, I, I do think that is going to be a kick in the ass for this team. I think they're going to come out Guns a blazing, everybody kind of firing on all cylinders, not just the Kairu, Shen, and Schwartz line, but a couple more guys that we're used to. Definitely Ryan O'Reilly, I think, has has reached a tipping point where he's like, all right, it's time for me to go uh, and do it myself. And I think tonight's the perfect opportunity for him to do that because – I think the one weakness that this Kings team has is their defense is kind of scattered. I mean, when Drew Dowdy's on your top parents, it's not to say he's a terrible defenseman. He's he's been doing it a long time in this league. Uh, he's been very good, but I mean, get left off the Olympic team for a reason. And I know he's probably not happy about that and has a chip on his shoulder this season. But when it comes down to nuts and bolts, he's not the same player he used to be. Olimada, uh, he's nothing to he's nothing to write home about. Mikey Anderson, Matt Roy, uh, all of those guys. So I feel like that could be an area of weakness that the Blues can exploit as well. But the thing that bothers me about this team is that, like I talked about, those rolling those three lines um, and playing that the way the way that they are right now, I think it could possibly be a problem for this Blues team so don't go into this matchup thinking oh it's another bottom feeder team that Blues should win easy points on because the way they're playing right now it's going to be a difficult matchup. Another potential area to exploit is goaltending. Jonathan Quick and their backup Peterson have both uh, I believe their save percentage is in the 800s right now which is not great by any stretch of the imagination. I feel like Jordan Bennington's been playing well but the Blues have still been losing and letting in a lot of goals due to a lack of good solid defensive play and marking, uh, he's still sitting at a nine thirteen save percentage, so I think that it's kind of telling of how how bad uh, the Kings have been in that department, but I, I think this is a game that we we could honestly see Jordan Kyra get another point in, keep that point-per-game streak going, um, but really just beyond that see him excel with a lot of open ice uh there's not a lot of fast guys on the los angeles king so he's gonna have he's gonna have the wheels churning and not a lot of guys be able to be able to keep up with him so we're going into that matchup kind of expecting that that schwartz shen and kairu line to be uh productive and excel in the offensive zone and the defensive zone because they've been doing a really good job there but like we talked about on the last podcast you really you have to have at least one other line step up and create some buzz get some guys going Robert Thomas I mean he's sitting at Two points right now, which is fine, but he's not dictating the pace of play like he usually does. Pucks are kind of fumbling off his stick. Guys are taking it off of him a lot easier, I think, than they have in seasons past. So I'm going to look for him for an uptick in production, along with uh, Tory Krug. I think uh, last game... I believe on the one goal that we scored, uh, the one that Brayden Shen scored, Brayden Shen kind of slid right in front of Tory Krug. Uh, and I think if Brayden Shen doesn't score that goal, then Tory Krug's right there to seal the deal for his first as a St. As a Louis Blue he's due right I mean he, we talked about him when we acquired him he's one of the most dynamic offensive uh, defensemen in the game especially on the power play so I think it's just a matter of time before he figures things out it kind of gets situated in the blue system and especially on the power play I think that power play is due given the firepower that it has over oh, what over 10 now right so that's I mean that's got to happen at some point somebody's got to figure something out if it's if it's moving Jordan Cairo there like we saw in the end of last game um, moving pieces around what have you but yeah something's got to give there so if you're thinking on along the same wavelength as me, definitely check out betonline.ag. There's a whole bunch of prop bets you can go on. Um, you could do a blues player scoring at any time, like a guy like Tori Krug. I think that would be a safe bet for uh next game. You could also pick the over, the under. Or if you've seen enough play from Jordan Bennington that you think he's got a Vesna trophy, uh just waiting for him at the end of all of this 56 games. Check out betonline.ag. Make sure you use that promo code locked on and receive that 50%. Welcome bonus. There's no reason to be sitting on the sidelines anymore when you could be making money and putting it in your pocket. So, like I said, betonline.ag, use the promo code locked on, 50% welcome bonus. Um, and it's a free account. You can sign up. Uh, no questions asked, no money, no nothing. Uh, you can just make a free account. Check out the bets if you want, and then you can put in money if you want to bet on it. So one more time, locked on, promo code, 50% off. Check them out, betonline.ag. For all your betting purposes, because there's only one place that has you covered in one place we trust, and that is betonline.ag. So we will be right back after another word from one of our sponsors. So we talked about this a little bit last time on the podcast, but obviously the Blues have to be more disciplined. You're letting up seven penalties last game, averaging, what was it? What did we say? Five penalties per game. Uh, that can't happen, not in the NHL, especially not with this team that we have. Get the lines rolling, get the depth rolling, and get the weapons that we have. Get them in a groove, you know what I'm saying? And I know Josh was talking about it being a lack of effort, but I don't think it's, I don't think it's a lack of effort because in game one, uh, they came out flying and basically said, we're sick of everyone talking about all these other teams and we wanted to make a statement I think they did make that statement Uh, they haven't really made a statement since then but uh, I don't think the lack of effort is because of it it almost feels like a lack of conditioning because I've talked about it a couple times with some friends in a group chat but it almost feels like teams gasp before they even play a full 60 Uh, and a lot of that obviously has to contribute with the penalties too if you're on the penalty kill uh, for the majority of the game two minutes times seven that's 14 minutes of the game that's almost an entire period that you're on the penalty kill so I think that plays into it as well but something's got to give here either give up less penalties or do some bag skates or something to get your conditioning up because these boys uh, they got to turn it around sooner or later like I said this is a shortened season it's a pandemic season anything can happen one of your players can be hot and then next thing you know uh COVID hits just like we saw well, uh, with the Washington Capitals, they got four players out right now, and they're huge pieces of their team. So uh, it's it's dangerous to, to drop games that you should be winning left and right, um, knowing that that storm cloud is lingering over your head, right? But it does benefit this team that they're in one of the, I wouldn't say easier divisions because having Vegas and Colorado in it definitely sucks in terms of playoffs, but there's four spots for the playoffs, uh, and the Blues and the Avalanche and Vegas seem like favorites to come out of this division. Kind of the last spot is up for grabs, so in that regard, they're lucky because they can afford... drop a couple games here and there and maybe maybe take a little bit longer with this learning curve than some other teams but it's just concerning the more that this goes on uh and the more they struggle and the more we only we can only depend on one line to really go out and play 110 percent every night uh just feels like you're losing time and the clock's ticking and you want to talk about conditioning. I mean, we've, we're coming up on our first back-to-back of the season. There's a lot more where that comes from. So in terms of this team looking like they're gassed, I think we'll really see whether or not uh, their conditioning is up to par in the second game against the Los Angeles Kings. Uh, if they really look sluggish, if they really look slow, I think that's going to be a problem, especially because we're probably going to be seeing the NHL, not debut, but the, the first start of the season for Billy Huso um, And, honestly, I'm kind of excited. Like, there's so much excitement surrounding the season that doesn't even depend on the Blues success, right? Like, even if the Blues, like, let's say, by the mere grace of God that they somehow end up last in the division, I'll still be like, you know what? Uh, There was a lot that I didn't like about that season and a lot that the Blues didn't do well to end up in last place in this division, of all things. But, uh, I think we can take away that Jordan Cairo is a superstar and he had a fantastic season in terms of offensive production. Like, if I can rest my chest and breathe easy knowing that Jordan Cairo had a fantastic season and we kind of get a sense of what we have out of him as a player at the end of this season. That'll be a plus regardless of the outcome. Like if we win a Stanley Cup, obviously that'd be great. But if we don't, I think that's a plus. I think Billy Huso kind of falls into that same category, right? Because when you draft prospects and you take these guys with high draft capital, they're in your system. You kind of have an idea of what they're worth, but really you don't know exactly what they're worth until they come to the NHL and you see how they stack up there. Because, I mean, you take a guy like Jordan Bennington, for instance. Uh, he was so low on the depth chart, just flew up one season out of nowhere. And then he comes to the NHL, wins you a Stanley Cup, and now he's considered one of the top 10 goalies in the league. So, not that Ville Huso could be a top 10 goalie in the league, but uh, there's always that question surrounding them, right? It's like you really don't know what this prospect is like until he plays at the next level. So, watching, uh, regardless of the outcome of that second game, because I feel like that's pretty much a lot for Ville Huso to play, right? Regardless of the outcome of that game, I think it's going to be so interesting to watch an extended play of Husso in the NHL and see what things he's good at. Does he slide too much like Jake or is he more concise with his movements and positioning like Jordan Bennington? What kind of level of prospect do we have here and do we have do we either say hey army like might have missed the mark on this one or hey army does it again with an absolute steal of attendee uh, like he has the couple of years past so I think that's that's going to be an interesting narrative especially going out through the course of this season like how will he impact this team and how will Jordan Bennington be impacted finally being that number one guy and having that role all to himself instead of a 1A 1B type of scenario like we saw with Jake here and who knows Billy Huso could push that situation into a 1A 1B that's what I'm saying it's like the 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 questions there's so many questions surrounding both of these goaltenders and I feel like a lot of them will be answered uh, the further we get on in this season I'm excited for it I know you guys are excited for it and I can't wait to watch what happens but here's the thing with that as well. When Billy Huso comes in and makes his start, you have got to lock down the defense, right? And I think we saw a glimpse of that on the penalty kill when <laughs> it felt like Blues players were blocking shots left and right. I think the Blues tweeted out, like, who didn't block block a shot on that sequence? It felt like everybody did. Pareko's throwing his body in front. It gets a little jab here and there in front of the net. So pulls two guys down Goliath-style with him, uh, gets a penalty for it. But that, that felt like the Blues team that I know, um, getting in shooting lanes, doing everything they can to keep pucks from getting on net to Jordan Bennington and playing that system of hockey that we've come to know and love from this team. But especially in terms of confidence levels for Billy Huso, uh, I think that is extremely important because it, like the first time he saw the ice in this season was in an 8 nothing debacle against the Avalanche, and you basically hung him out to dry there, right? So, And he's facing Nathan McKinnon shots and facing Miko Rantanen shots and just a bunch of skill guys that are extremely offensively talented. You're giving him a start now, right? At least I think they are. I would assume that they're going to give him a start in one of these back-to-backs, but you got to go out and play solid defense in front of this dude to really get a sense of what he brings to this team at the NHL level. Because if not, you could he could you could potentially chalk up a lot of his play to him being rattled and being like, well, they potted four on me last time, uh, they potted five on me today, and I, I don't know. I think I think to get a valid assessment of Viliuso here, you got to have a dynamic and lockdown defense in front of him to really understand what we're working with. But the Kings are playing the Avalanche tonight. I believe the Avalanche just went up uh, 1-0 on a goal by Mika Rantanen at the time of recording. I think that was probably like 30 seconds ago, actually. So a little bit of breaking news for you. But it'll be interesting to see uh, how they hang with them tonight um, and how they approach the game with us on Saturday. But for the Blues, I think these next two games are extremely important because, in my opinion, as dangerous as the Colorado Avalanche have been this season, I think Vegas has played even better uh and been the team that they looked like on paper firing on all cylinders Mark Stone took that C and ran with it. Pacioretty's doing very well. Shea Theodore looks like the player he was in the playoffs. Alex Petrangelo just scored his first goal of the season. And you've got a dynamic two-goalie tandem in Marc-Andre Fleury and Robin Leonard. So that's the team that you're going up against after this Kings series, and that's the team you need to prepare for in these next two games because if you go up to them and you don't have all the lines rolling on all cylinders and you don't have all the players on the same page and you don't have every single guy giving out maximum effort every single night, they're going to turn you into a turnstile. And then next thing you know, we've got a losing record and everybody's ready to jump ship and tank for a draft pick. So use these games to build some confidence. Like I said, the Kings are not a powerhouse team by any stretch of the imagination. I think they got three rookies going for them right now and Velarde, Anderson, and and Clegg, and they're all in the starting lineup. So take advantage of that lack of experience um, and isolate that with your veterans. Those veterans should step up. I mean, these are the guys you're paying the big bucks to come out and produce. They, they're the ones with the million-dollar contracts, not a guy like Jordan Cairo, who has been your best player. So um, make, them, make them earn their money. Go out. Take care of these Los Angeles Kings. Even though they're not the best team on paper, they're a good team playing well right now. Um, Win this series two games out of two, and go home and hang your hat on that performance and be like, you know what, we played really well. I feel ready for the Vegas Golden Knights and the return of Alex Petrangelo. And on that delightful note, we're going to pause for another word from one of our sponsors, and when we get back, uh, we'll make some predictions about tonight's game with the locked-on player of the game and what score I think we'll be looking at. Stay tuned. So I'm going to give you my locked-on player of the game first before we go into any any game predictions or score predictions. But I want to give you guys an idea of my reasoning behind the locked-on player of the game, okay? So here's what I'm looking at right now, right? We've got one line that's really reached its potential. Jordan Cairo, Schwartz, and Shen. Uh, there's been another line that's kind of hovered right around there and gotten a little production out of them. I feel like they're the closest ones to kind of being that next line to fall in line and say, hey, we." I get really excited when these guys are on the ice. They could be producing a goal um, and creating a lot of havoc. So... Going off of that, along with his comments made about the penalty kill and how displeased, I guess to put it lightly, he's been with their play, I think Oscar Sundquist comes out like a man on fire. Oh, we bring that one back. Like a man on fire against the Los Angeles Kings. Um, Maybe pots a goal, maybe gets two assists, but I think that fourth line is another area that this Blues team could really... Target against the Los Angeles Kings because, like we talked about at the top of this episode, the Kings have three good lines that are kind of rolling right now, right? And it's not good lines in terms of like, all oh, these are like all-star caliber players, but they're pretty solid players on all the lines. And they're playing good hockey. But that fourth line is kind of just throw some guys in there and see what they can do. They haven't been doing much of anything. So I feel like the Blues could really isolate that, especially with how fantastic their fourth line has been, and Oscar Sunquist in particular. So that's why I'm choosing Oscar Sundquist as my locked-on player of the game. Now, if we see a Blues team that comes out that's more than two lines, they get three, four lines rolling, and everyone comes out engaged um, and ready to fight for a full 60 minutes, I could easily see a blowout. Specifically because I know for a fact, it doesn't even matter what the score is. Although, I'm, I think uh, Avalanche went up 2-0 now. But I know for a fact the Avalanche are going to be putting the Los Angeles Kings through an absolute track meet. And they're going to be winded. It doesn't even matter. If they get a, an, another day of rest, it doesn't matter. They're going to come into the next game possibly with their heads down, disappointed, and sucking wind. And I think if you take that into consideration along with the fact that this Kings defense is... Not what it used to be and not very stacked. And Jonathan Quick is not what he used to be um, and isn't looking very good on this season. I could easily see the Blues putting up four or five on these guys. Now, I think um, in terms of a safety bet, I'm not sure that the Blues are to the point yet where they're going to have all four lines rolling. I know Chief made some comments at the end of last game, and that should get some guys a little kick in the ass. But I I don't know if it's enough to get everyone on the same page. Uh, So I think three is a safe bet in that regard. And I think... In terms of shooters, the Kings have enough guys on their team that could probably find the twine against Jordan Bennington, even if the Blues are playing stout and fantastic defense. Because even if they are, uh, we still gotta look at the discipline question, right? And if they're not disciplined the whole game, even if they are more disciplined, but they're still uh, ending up on the penalty kill, they could struggle. So I think a score of three to one. Would be a solid bet in terms of like the average. Um, so I'm going to go with that for my prediction for tonight's game. But like I said, if the Blues do everything right, it's could to easily be a blowout. I could see the matchups turning into a bloodbath and Jordan Cairo coming out at the end. Maybe he puts up a hattie. That would be nice to see, huh? Maybe. We'll see what happens. But I think that's all the time we have for today. So thank you guys so much for tuning in to the Locked On Blues podcast. And just a friendly reminder that we do post episodes every day of the week, five times a week at 5 a.m. every day. So if you're listening on your way to work, on your way to school, maybe on your way home, whatever have you, you can always expect an episode on game day, on recaps, on previews. Anytime there's huge news, come to us. We'll hook you up no problem. Make sure you hit that follow or subscribe button on whatever platform you're listening on. You can follow my personal Twitter handle at 12 15. You can follow the podcast, Twitter, Instagram, and and tiktok handle at locked on blues but as always let's go blues